we are in the middle of actually coming to the end of the life of Noah in our series, uh, the beginning, as we look at the first 12 chapters of the book of Genesis before we jump over and look at the last book in the Bible, Revelation, to close out our series, the bookends of time. But uh, as Noah is coming toward the end of his life in Genesis chapter 8 and Genesis chapter 9, there is a few verses, the first 17 verses actually of Genesis chapter 9 that speak of what I've entitled this morning, Promises, Promises. Every single one of us here have made promises. We've made small promises and we've made some large promises, every one of us. Some of those promises we've kept. You think about some of the promises that you have kept. Maybe it was um, like one I made or one that actually Paige made to Mary Morgan, our daughter. And she said, by 9 o'clock tomorrow night, I promise you will get to go to Walmart. And you will get to spend the money that is burning a hole in your purse. And at 8.56 the next night, we were at Walmart. But we made that promise, and we kept that promise. You've made promises like that. You have made promises also where you didn't keep them, whether they were small or whether they were large. They were promises that were not kept. I want to show you this morning from God's Word three promises that He made to Noah, but not only to Noah, but he made them to you and he made them to me and he has kept those promises. Read with me. The verses will be on the screen. You can uh, read along as I read them audibly or hopefully you brought a copy of God's word and it is there with you in your lap. I want to read Genesis chapter 8 verse 20 down through Genesis chapter 9 verse 17. Here's what God's Word states. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Chapter 9, verse 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. And for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning for 
From every beast I will require it, and from man. From his fellow man I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. And you be fruitful and multiply, team on the earth and multiply in it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will, remember, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today I I pray from the onset of this message that you would speak clearly. you would speak clearly into the hearts and into the lives of these that have come. And above anything that is said, they would know that you are a promise-keeping God. Great and small, every single promise that you have ever stated, you have kept. You are continuing to keep. Lord, might we see that? Might we know that? Might we feel that? Might we experience that today? Lord, meet with us. Father, from your word, I pray that you would speak. God, we need encouragement this morning. We need just that little little nudge from you to, to keep us going. To let us know that you're with us. To let us know that you are right there. That you're n- not leaving us. That it's okay. Father, we're hurting. We're struggling. And the light is dim. Some moments of our day. And we, we need... Just a a refreshing word. Would you show us these three promises and would you allow us to 
to keep them, hold on to them throughout this week and coming days, Lord, so that we might see how great you really are. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Promise one. Promise one. God makes provisions for man. Noah got off the ark, and when he got off the ark, he built an altar to the Lord, and he sacrificed. The the word there is burnt offering. He put clean animals. Do you remember God told Noah to take seven pairs of clean of all the clean animals and two pairs uh, to a male and a female of all the unclean, but he said to take seven of the clean. And so when they got on the ark, when they got off the ark, he took some of those clean animals and he placed them on the altar and he sacrificed. Why? Because God had provided a way through judgment for Noah and his family. Noah, his wife, his sons, and their wives had made it through 371 days on the ark. 150 of those days, the waters were prevailing and they were increasing. And then finally, they were there and they stopped on the Mount of Ararat in in that mountain range. And they were there. And then, after a number of weeks, a number of months, he took the top off. And they could see that there were mountains that were there and the waters weren't covering the mountains anymore and then they stayed there then he sent out a raven then he sent out a dove the dove came back he couldn't find anywhere for him to lay his feet and then a week later he sent out the dove again and the dove brought back an olive leaf an olive branch and then more time passed and Noah and his family finally 371 days after they entered the ark God said go out And when they got off the ark, he built an altar. And that sacrifice, as it's recorded here, that sacrifice was a pleasing aroma to the Father. And the Father said, here's my provision for you. Promise one, my provision for you, Noah, and all your sons and all of humanity. I am going to give you everything to eat. Wow. Before that, they were herbivores. He said, here's all the green plants. Everything that you pick, it's yours to eat. Now, after the flood, I'm going to give you everything. Think about that for a second. I think it would be a lot easier to go from a carnivore to a herbivore. To to go from eating meat to just going there and be a vegetarian and just... One day you're eating salad, you know that thing that rabbits eat, you're eating salad and then God says, hey, there's that cow, go eat it. I don't know. One day everything that you're eating, you've picked up by your hand from the field or from the tree and then God looks over and says, hey, there's a deer, go kill it and eat it. must have been a harder transition. It's not the only time that God has stated everything is clean or everything is given to you and to me for food. But here's the promise. The provision is, I will provide for you and all of mankind. In Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 16, Peter, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while 
they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. And in it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, By no means, Lord. I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. The voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common or do not call unclean. This happened three times. And it was taken up at once to heaven. Now this is man's one of his favorite. I mean, if you're a man's man, this is one of your favorite. Just kill it, grill it, and eat it. I mean, yeah, I got an amen. That's good. Yesterday, I was sitting in my in-law's house, and my father-in-law is a man's man. He, he likes meat. And he said, Brian, why don't you stay for supper tonight? We're having peas. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to stay. I was like, you having anything else? He said, all right now, all we've got is peas. And I said, I think Nathan and I are going to go to Obie's. And for the next 15 or 20 minutes, he was like, what's Obie's? And uh, so I told him what Obie's is. It's a restaurant in Oxford that I like to go to when we're in between Hernando, Houston, and Mantee. And uh, I just told him what I like to get. It was a roast beef sandwich with gravy on the side. He's like, let's go to Obie's. I don't want peas. God provides, whether it's peas, roast beef, or anything else for you and for me to eat. The promise is this, that God makes provision for mankind. God has provided for you and He's provided for me. The proper response to His provision is that of worship and that of praise. He is to be praised and worshipped like Noah did for His provisions. Now some are going to say, what's this verse or what are these verses that speak of um, there in chapter 9 that talk about uh, the life's blood is there in the food. Does that mean that I can't have my steak medium rare? It doesn't mean that. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11 and verse 14 state this, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. For the life of every creature is its blood. Its blood is its life. Therefore, I have said to the people of Israel, you shall not eat the blood of any creature, for the life of every creature is its blood. Whoever eats it shall be cut off. God is trying to teach Noah, his sons, all of Israel, you and me this, the importance of blood. Why? Because one day, God would send His own Son. One day, He would live a perfect, holy life. And that blood would be shed for you. All the way back in Genesis chapter 9, all the way through the Old Testament, all the, the way and the days of Jesus, all the days after Jesus, 
even today, God says this, blood is life. Take heed. Be careful. Watch out for this. Promise one, God provides for mankind. Promise two, God sets up protection with a justice system. Today's justice system is not perfect, but, but it's one that has been set up by God to show what He has promised as well as that He will bring what He will bring in the future, judgment and true justice. Before the flood, Cain killed his brother Abel. God did not say, Cain, you will die. That, that was what was scaring Cain to death. He's like, I, I'm going to be killed. There's nowhere that I can go. Everybody's after me and they're going to kill me. And God says, no, I'm going to protect you. I'll put a sign on you and you'll be a wanderer, but nobody will kill you because if somebody kills you, they will be accounted for seven times over. But after the flood, God says, all right, here's what's justice. Here's what's just and here is my promise to you. If a man kills another man, then his blood has to be atoned for. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. If you kill, if you murder, then you will lose your life. You and I live in a fallen world. Our justice system, we look at it and we're like, how in the world is this happening? Think about it this way, or, or look at this aspect of a justice system. In a number of countries over in the Arab world today, the only way that a rape will be prosecuted is if there are four male witnesses to it. It was high profile over the last couple of weeks. There was a Norwegian lady who was there in the um, Arab Emirates, and she was raped by one of her co-workers who was a citizen of that country. And she brought it up to be prosecuted. Why? Because she lived in Norway, and she's like, I've got to call the police. And they're like, do you really, want to, you really don't want to call the police. I'm telling you, you don't. She said, they're the police. He raped me. She got thrown in prison. 16-year sentence. She did get out. They did, um, I believe this past week, uh, ban her from the country, sent her home. But that's the law in a number of Arab countries. You look from state to state. A few years back, um, I am glad that I don't live in Tennessee. A few years back, there was a preacher's wife who killed him killed the preacher, and she got out in a couple of years. That, that would not happen in Mississippi. I told Paige that. <laughs> from state to state, even from county to county, even from nation to nation, this justice system we know is not perfect. Why? Because we're fallen. But God, all the way back in Genesis chapter 9, said... There is a provision that I promise for you. Here's the justice system. And he's going to fulfill that. He's going to fill in some of the gaps later on. If you read um, the whole of the 
first five books, you will see in Leviticus, you will see in Numbers, you'll see in Deuteronomy, this being explained in minute detail. How God's people, the children of Israel, are to live. Throughout the New Testament, we see Jesus speaking, saying, this is what is just. Don't be a brood of vipers. Don't be hypocrites, but live this way. Why? Because it all points to who He is. He's a just God. And He's giving you an example of how great He is. He's given me an example. Look forward to the day, ma'am. Look forward to the day, sir, that the system that is ruling and reigning is the one who is just. A third and final promise where I want to spend the rest of our time and give you some insurance and assurance and some encouragement is this. God's covenant with man is for all generations. Promise three, God's covenant with man is for all generations. What is a covenant? One commentator stated it this way, a covenant means literally to make stand, to erect. God erects a covenant with Noah. Thus, the verb may indicate that God here institutes a new relationship. Not only did he erect and make a stand, but God also carried it out. Look back in Genesis chapter 6, verse 18 and following with me as we saw a couple of weeks ago, but it states this, but I will establish, this is God speaking, but I will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark, you and your sons, your wife and your son's wife with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female of the birds according to their kind, of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind. Two of every sort shall come into you to keep them alive. Also take with you every sort of food that is eaten and store it up and it shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. And here God says this, here's my covenant. If you look in the Old Testament, you'll see that God makes a number of different covenants. As he makes a covenant, he says, all right, here's a sign to go along with the covenant so that you and I will both know what is happening. There's the covenant here of Noah and all generations that come after him of all creatures and all of the different kinds, and the sign is the rainbow, and we'll speak to that in just a moment. There is a few chapters later, as we'll see in chapter 12, there's the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 17, where he says, all right, here's the covenant that I have with Abram. He changes his name to Abraham, not the the great father, but the father of many nations. And here's the sign. It's the sign of circumcision. If you look in the Old Testament, you see that uh, he gives a covenant with Israel. And the covenant in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant is this. It is the day of the Sabbath. And then there is a New Covenant in the New Testament that comes with Jesus Christ and His death, burial, and resurrection and His coming. There's the Davidic Covenant. 
where he says to David, he says, you are a man after my own heart. There will be on the throne forever and ever and ever one of your descendants. You look in Luke chapter 3. Excuse me, in Matthew chapter 1, Luke chapter 3, 2 and 3, and you see the lineage of Jesus. And he is from the line of David. He is faithful in all of these covenants. The sign is a rainbow. In our day and age, the rainbow has been distorted. It has become a YouTube hit with a crazy, whacked-out, drug-infused, what I believe, man who looks up and sees a double rainbow all across the sky, who goes on night shows and is famous because he is just drug-infused. It is picked up by the gay rights people, and those colors of this rainbow are skewed from what originally the Father had. But the rainbow is the symbol. The rainbow, or God's bow, is the sign of the covenant. In both of these terms, the rainbow, His bow, is that of the sign of the bow across the heavens, but it's also a weapon, and it is seen throughout the Old Testament as that. Some commentators have stated this way, that when God stated the sign as the rainbow, He says this to all of creation. I have my bow, it is drawn, and it is pointed directly at me. If I do not keep my covenant that I am saying, I will die. And you and I know that there's no way that God is going to die. He is faithful to keep His That's just the point, that he can't die. Therefore, he will not, he cannot break his promise. The rainbow shows the the clouds which envelop the presence of the all-filled God. One release, the beauty of the curved bow. Whenever the bow appears, the rainbow, it serves as a reminder that despite the fact that the world deserves Judgment, God will show restraint and mercy. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord states, I'm not s- slow to fulfill my promise, as some count slowness. But the Lord is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. I started this morning by talking about promises that you and I have made. I want to close with some verses along those same lines. Uh, Little Rhonda, little Rowan, we go and we tell them, hey, I promise that we'll go get you a toy. I promise that we'll go see a movie I promise that we'll get supper. I promise that you'll get some clothes. I promise you get all these things. I promise that I will love you. Ladies, you've heard this from guys in high school, those that are in high school or those that are going into high school, girls. The guy says, I love you. I'll never leave you. Or or maybe it's the 
guy, you need to listen to this, that the girl says, I love you and I'll never leave you, but we break promises. We state, I promise that I'll never leave you, that I promise till death do us part. I promise that I'll do a good job. I promise this or I promise that, but how often have we broken our promise? God never does. He is a promise keeper, not just a promise maker. He says that I will set up protections, that I will make provisions, and I will remember that I will never, ever again bring floods of water to wipe out all mankind. In John chapter 3, verse 16, God states this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 6 through 8, He states this, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Folks, you're going to go through some things this week. You don't even know they're coming. You don't know they're coming. And he's saying to you, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Don't don't lose focus. I am with you and I will not leave you. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 and 21 states this, Now to him who is able, he's speaking of God, him who is able to do far more abundantly, more than we could ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Paul writes to the people at Philippi and he says, I am sure of this. Folks, trust me, I am sure of this. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. When you walk out of here today, and your mind goes to what's going to happen this afternoon, what's going to happen this week, Might you remember, God made a promise to you. He made a number of them. We looked at three of them today. But He has made promise after promise after promise. And He is faithful to do what He says He will do. The plans of God cannot be thwarted by you, by me, by Satan, by anyone or anything. They are true. And He keeps His promises. Might you and I live knowing the promise that he's made to us. Heavenly Father, I bow before you. Father, I thank you that you are one who makes promises. 
But even more than that, you are one who keeps your promise. Lord, every day we say we're going to do something and we don't do it. Another day slips. We don't finish. But Father, you are faithful. Might we be encouraged by these promises that you have given us. Promise of provision. Promise of protection. And Father, a covenant with a sign. Every time we see a rainbow, might we be reminded of how great and faithful and true our God is. That you are the king of all ages, ruling and reigning. Ma'am, the invitation is for you today, sir. It is for you. Maybe you find yourself this past week, you're just like, I just, I can't see him. Maybe you have lost touch with him. Sir, he's saying to you, there's a sign. The sign is that I gave my very best for you. You can trust me. I gave my only son to die on the cross for your sin. You can trust me. Not just with eternity, but ma'am, he is saying that you can trust him with today. With the issues that you face at, jo- at the job site, with issues that you face at the house. With, you can trust him with anything, great or small. Come to him. He is faithful and true. The altar is open. Maybe you need to come and just bow the knee physically and lift prayers up to the Father. Maybe you need to come and talk with me. I'll be more than happy to talk with you. be more than happy to pray with you. But my final statement, might we find ourselves like Noah did in chapter 8, that he did all that God commanded. Would you stand and would you sing?